0: Well, good morning. Uh, thank you for the opportunity of sharing God's word with you on this Easter Sunday. Christ is risen. What did you say? He's, uh, yes, He is risen indeed. That's a response. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Praise the Lord, and we come to celebrate that today. Uh, we are going to consider what uh, is perhaps the most earth-shattering and world-changing event. In history, we're going to reflect and apply some of the truths from this passage of Scripture from Matthew chapter 20, 28, and I trust that as we do that this morning, uh, you will feel the earth move under your feet. Now I won't sing like Evan, just in case you uh, all leave. But uh, we all know what an earthquake is. We uh, read in the Scripture uh, in verse two that there was a violent earthquake. As the stone was rolled away, in Haiti, in uh, 2010, uh, there was a magnitude, uh, January 2010, there was a magnitude 7 earthquake uh, that hit Haiti, the Dominican Republic. 160,000 people died. On the 24th of January, 52 aftershocks took place in that small country. Three million people (coughs) were affected. Two hundred and fifty thousand residences, thirty thousand commercial buildings were destroyed. An estimated cost of that earthquake was something like fourteen billion US dollars. Devastating. We all recall in uh, oh yes there's some pictures of Haiti twenty ten, just absolutely devastating. We recall Nepal on Anzac Day 2015 it killed 9000 people and nearly 22000 were injured a magnitude earthquake of 7.8 on the Rector scale damage bill of 10 billion us dollars areas around nepal like uh, india china bangladesh were all affected by these devastating earthquakes Last week we celebrated Palm Sunday. And as we celebrated Palm Sunday as Jesus entered into Jerusalem prior to his crucifixion and his resurrection, we read that in fact the city was shaken. The city of Jerusalem was shaken. In Matthew 21 verse 10, it says the whole city was stirred or it was in turmoil. There was confusion. There was uncertainty. They asked, who is this? The Greek word that was translated as turmoil in this passage really means to shake or quake and is descriptive of what happens in an earthquake. Matthew uses the same Greek word to describe Jesus' entry into Jerusalem as the shaking of the earth and the splitting of the rocks at his crucifixion. And the same word is used when the angel came to roll away the stone from his tomb. It is the same word used for that earthquake. In these events, Matthew is describing uh, seismic events in which our lives and our world are shaken to the core and something is destroyed because that's what earthquakes do. The destruction wrought on Holy Week that began with Palm Sunday, however, is not the end, but it's a new beginning. The trembles of the past week will forever change who we are and the life that we live. Holy Week was one earthquake after another. You know what happens in an earthquake? Earthquakes are destructive. The foundations on which we stand are shaken. Old things crumble and fall. The structures around which we've built our lives are left in ruin and rubble. And that's how Jerusalem experienced Jesus' entry last Sunday. And as the week progressed on the Monday the fragrance of love will mingle with the anger of Jesus as he clears the temple and everyone in the house is shaken on tuesday the invocation the invitation came to die rather than not bear fruit as the as the fig tree withered which is the epicenter of our faith on wednesday judas's betrayal revealed the fault line in all of us on thursday We saw the tremble at the intimacy of touching and the washing of one's feet. On Friday, the earth quaked as the cross of our Creator is plunged into the heart of death. And the silence of Saturday causes the gates of hell to shudder and to burst open until Sunday. And there, sorry, I haven't kept up with my slides. And there, the violent earthquake... As the angel rolled back the stone from the tomb. Now as we look at the earth, sh- these earth shattering events, we're going to stop three times throughout uh, our message to, to try and apply some of that and, the, uh, and, and how we apply it to our day. So let me ask you this. What parts of your life and world need some Jesus kind of turmoil or, or transformation? Or what in you needs to be shaken awake and back to life? What has become foundation for your life but no longer supports your life? What are the old ways of thinking and seeing and acting that just need to crumble and fall? In what ways have you become a prisoner of the very structures upon which you built your life? And that provides blinkers that you can't see beyond those structures. Somewhere in each of our lives, we need the triumphant turmoil of Jesus Christ. It is the devastation of everything in us that keeps us from being fully alive and fully ourselves and fully belonging to God. It's the devastation that creates space And place for a new foundation, for a new structure, and a new life. It is a triumph that happens whenever and wherever Jesus is acknowledged and Jesus is welcomed. Speaking of earthquakes, there are two earthquakes that we'll focus on this morning. On the record that stand out as the most dramatic and life-changing tremors ever to occur. Both are recorded in the Gospel of matthew. They both occurred in the year uh, in the year thirty three a d and they happened three days apart. The first one occurred when Jesus breathed his last on the cross. The earth shook and the rocks were split. The tombs were opened. And many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised and coming out of the tombs after his resurrection they went into the holy city and appeared to many. When the centurion and those who were with him keeping watch over Jesus saw the earthquake and what took place they were filled with awe and said truly this was the Son of God. The second one occurred just three days later. Yeah, that didn't change. Did it? Yeah. The second one, uh, I've just about written all my sermon on the Slides of so you can follow me this morning instead of giving you notes. Uh, it was toward dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great, there was a violent earthquake and an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. Matthew reports that there were many women who were present at the crucifixion of Jesus. Among them were Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James, better known as the other Mary. They had felt the earthquake at his death and now they felt the earthquake as they approach his tomb. They tell their story to Matthew and it all starts to become clear. There's a connection here. Two great earthquakes Mark the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is as though Almighty God is announcing the great and awesome thing that his son Jesus Christ has done by shaking the earth, first in his great wrath and then in his great joy. God is tying the crucifixion and the resurrection of his son together with a seismic knot, if you like. The women went to see the tomb, much like we go to a cemetery. It's good to have a place to focus our grief and connect the sorrow we feel to the loved one for whom we grieve. This is the thing that makes the tragedy in Nepal and Haiti so hard to recover from emotionally. It is in those situations in which uh, there is no body to be found. And there's no burial, no way to connect the the grief to those who are lost and whom we grieve. God in heaven sees these these two Marys headed for the tomb of Jesus. How will they know that the one for whom they are grieving is not dead but alive? The huge stone that the chief priest had ordered rolled in front of the entrance to the tomb is blocking their view. But No problem, God says. He dispatches one of his angels to hurry down to earth and roll that stone away from the entrance so that these women can see that he has raised his son and their Lord from the dead. I'll shake the earth and you will roll that thing aside and make sure that they see the place where he laid. They need to see it to believe it. And after the angel had rolled the stone away from the entrance on the tomb and he sat on top of the stone waiting for the women to arrive. Now let's make sure that we understand that the angel did not roll away the stone from the entrance of the tomb to let Jesus out. Jesus no more needed the stone to be rolled away to get out of the tomb than God needed the curtain of the temple to be torn in two to get out of the Holy of Holies. Jesus left the tomb in the same way that he would later enter the room where the disciples were locked, where they were hiding out of fear of the Jews. His resurrected and glorified body was no longer bound by the same constraints of time and space as ours is now. The walls of the tomb could no more contain Jesus than a clear pane of glass can stop the rays of the sun from shining through. Now how do we apply this? We stop for a moment to to uh, apply uh, these truths that have happened in the events between the entry of Jesus, the crucifixion and the res- resurrection. Of course this is much more than merely getting the facts of the case straight. What this means is that there is nothing that Jesus cannot pass through in order to touch your lives. Stubbornness? No problem. Deep-seated resentment? It can't stop him from touching your heart. A total preoccupation with earthly things? He will not, it will not, he will not be stopped a rock-hard rock heart, as hard, as thick as Joseph's tomb. He did it once and he'll do it again. He'll shake the earth if he has to, to change your life and to bring him to himself. All these things can no more keep Jesus Christ from you, from getting at you, than that silly rock could keep him locked up inside the tomb his spirit is ready at a moment's notice to roll away that stubbornness, to roll away the resentment and the preoccupation with earthly things, even your rock-hard heart, so that you may know his love for you, so that you will know his forgiveness for all of your sins, so that you will know his peace and his righteousness, his salvation for you, his heaven for you. The reactions of those presents are as uh, as you would expect. The temple guards who were assigned to the cemetery security duty were terrified that Jesus had gotten away. Horrors. Jesus is on the loose again. For them it was worse than a missing lion at the Melbourne Zoo. They became like dead men. They were stunned. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid. This was the same greeting that the angel Gabriel gave to Zechariah and to Mary and to Joseph, fear not. When the angels appeared to the shepherds in the field and the terrified shepherds said, he said, do not be afraid. I bring you good tidings of great joy. And what good news of great joy this angel had for these women. I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. But he is risen. And as he said, the angel as he said this angel can't resist the opportunity to remind the women in heaven the angels along with all the dead in Christ always see the face of God and everything is known to them but here below we are blind and deaf and we all suffer from spiritual dementia we forget so easily and so quickly and the angel reminds these women that this is what he said he he had He had promised that this was going to happen. He had forewarned them that this was going to happen. And so in a gentle way, the angel tells the women that none of this should come as a surprise to them, for he had told them repeatedly in clear, unambiguous terms that the Son of Man would be betrayed into the hands of sinners and crucified and on the third day be raised from the dead. The women must have had confused look in their eyes, so the angel offers the proof that that he has sent to give them. Come, the angel said, come and see the place where he lay. You get the feeling in following Matthew's account here that these poor women were so dumbfounded by all this that they would have still been standing there if the angel hadn't told them what to do. Go quickly, he says to them, and tell... Uh, his disciples that he has risen from the dead and behold he is going before you to Galilee there you will see him see I have told you so they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy what a confusing mix of fear and of a, a confusing mix of emotions ran through them I wonder which was the greater the fear or the joy But before they reached the disciples, Jesus met them and said greetings. Whatever the earthquake on Good Friday and the great earthquake of Easter morning might have registered on the Rector scale, who could imagine, who could begin to measure the quake that this encounter with their Lord must have registered in their hearts? They had seen him crucified. They had seen the place where he was buried. Now they saw that he wasn't lying in the place where he laid, and then he's standing right in front of them and says, Greetings. Talk about an earthquake. This was a huge heartquake. And they came up and they. It won't move. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. There it is again, that wonderful word of grace and peace from the lips of him who is the fountain and source of grace and peace. Go and tell my brothers, go to Galilee and there you will see him. The death and resurrection of Jesus Christ set off the most glorious set of earthquakes that have ever shaken this planet and the aftershocks continued to be felt throughout the whole world today beginning with these women they spread to the disciples and then throughout Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the the ends of the earth until they touched your life and you surrendered to Jesus and you were baptised into Christ and your mind and heart was renewed by Christ living in you now how do we apply this? Lives today continue to be shaken and even the hardest of hearts are shattered. And the tremors of Good Friday and Easter Sunday will continue to shake the world until the last trumpet sounds. And then when the dust settles, it'll be the new heaven and the new earth and the home of righteousness. But until then, you and I continue to live in a world that threatens to crumble at any moment. Earthquakes and tsunamis destroy countless lives in the middle of the night and without warning. Governments around the world are being shaken and falling at a pace never seen before in human history. The economy is fragile and could collapse again at any drop of a hat. Even our own personal lives and families can be shaken and turned upside down overnight by the death of a spouse or a child or divorce or disease. How suddenly we can find ourselves buried under the rubble of life. And what will be our base, our hope for the future? Where will we find our peace in such tragedy? To whom will we turn for rescue and deliverance? Greetings, Jesus said. Do not be afraid. Christ is risen. Risen indeed. God has done on earth shattering, God has done an earth shattering thing by giving his only begotten son to be the ransom paid for the sins of the world. And by raising him from the dead, God declares to all who live, all who live right over that fault line that threatens at any moment to bring down the whole world that he has done a new thing an amazing thing, a glorious thing. He has made all things new in Jesus Christ. In him, we have safety and security, a future and a hope, and peace in a crumbling and fallen world. What we have torn apart by our sin, what we have torn apart... By our own sin, God is joined together again by the cross and the empty tomb of his son Jesus. The deep fault line that our transgressions against God have caused has been resealed with the body of Jesus Christ. The chasm that our guilt has opened and which separates us from God who made us in his own image has been closed again by the reconciliation of that Jesus Christ is accomplished by his death and resurrection from the dead. And the earth rightly trembles and quakes at the awesome and wonderful mystery of this divine love and this divine justice. And brothers and sisters, as we've painted the picture, as we've tried to enter into the way Matthew has described these events, I trust that we too will do the same. We tremble and quake afresh at the demonstration of such divine love and divine justice. Friends, if God has been trying to get to your to get to get your attention about a lifestyle habit or don't ignore it. Don't ignore his promptings. Do something about it. The Bible says that as many as received him, to them gave he the right to become the children of God. To receive Christ. We must admit that sin has separated us from God. We need to ask for his forgiveness and turn away from our independence and our selfishness and our pride. We must believe that Jesus died for us on the cross and receive Christ in our hearts and life. Romans 10.13 says, Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And that's the wonderful hope of new life in Christ that we celebrate at this Easter. May God bless each one of us. We're going to close with a prayer. And the prayer this morning is one that I'm going to use from Wayne Dillard. Uh, Friends who work with Wycliffe Bible Translators sent this resurrection prayer to us as we celebrate Easter. Let us pray. I bless you in the name of Christ, whose blood covers the doorposts of your life whose death set you free from darkness and whose resurrection powers you to glorify his name through bold acts of faith. I bless you in the name of the one who loves you with an everlasting love, who knows all your thoughts, catches every tear and hears every whisper, the one who makes a way when there is no way and brings streams in the midst of your desert. I bless you with the peace of Christ that passes understanding and carries you up and over the obstacles of life that the knowing that there is more than you can see and that in Christ you live and breathe and move and have your being I bless you with the resurrection power of Jesus that calls you to your place unites you with your fellow believers equips you for exploits and sends you forth with boldness and purpose may Jesus the Son of God the Christ, the Lamb that was slain for the sins of the world, the Prince of Peace, the King of Kings, the one true God who reigns and rules forever, be represented through your life and glorified by your faith, love and obedience in the mighty and worthy name of Jesus. And the people said, Amen. 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 God bless you.